Okay, good morning, beloved. Welcome to our Sunday, uh, Sunday church online. Okay, um, welcome to our Sunday church online. And uh, I want us uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, all the single mothers, all the married mothers. If you are a mother to your mother, <laughs> so uh, just enjoy. Uh, okay, uh, just want to wish everybody happy Mother's Day. Um, so let's get into the word today. Uh, I was fasting for two days, a uh, couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, when I fast, uh, I let the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm, I'm usually like reading the word and I go through things and um, I wait on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I just wait, I'll read, uh, I might hear something. And then uh, uh, usually like a revelation or something just pops up into my spirit. That's how it happens, okay? And I encourage everyone, sometimes when you have like a cloud and you can't see things, uh, just uh, just fast for two days. It really helps. It subdues the flesh and you can see things clearly and depend on the Holy Spirit to show you things. And then uh, everything just comes alive and you can see the, uh, you know, you just get clarity and that's how I usually get certain things. And so the word that I have today for everyone, this is what I got, uh, salvation belongs to the Lord, okay? And uh so it's not what you think, what you've heard always. It's through the light of the, the sun that I'm going to speak certain things to you. Uh, for those who joined us online, uh, you know, you'll find us on Facebook. Uh, our handle is at Beloved Sons of God. Uh, so write to us and uh, we'll add you. We have, a, uh, we have a WhatsApp group if you want to be part with all the sons across the world. Uh, if you live in Bombay, you're most welcome to come and join us uh, where, where we'll be gathering once the lockdown gets down for our Sunday services. So write to us on Facebook and then we'll, we'll tell you where we gather, okay? Uh, also, there's a link below this video and it's going to open up to a PDF file of all the scripture verses that I'm going to take today. Uh, so today, if you go through the notes, I have nine pages, but uh, I, I may not read everything and we're going to go through it fast, okay? Um, so let's just get into the word. Uh, so I'm going to read a verse which I've not put there, okay? And it says, it's from James, from the epistle of James. And I'm going to read... Um, Chapter 2, verse 14. Just hear me. I haven't put it there. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked or destitute of daily food and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, a foolish man, that without faith, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by, and by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Okay. Likewise, was not Rahab, the harlot, also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way for as the body without the spirit is dead as the body without the spirit is dead this means it's the spirit that gives life to the body that's why adam was dead the body was dead 
the body began to die okay death came in but now that our spirit is life and righteousness that same spirit is giving life to your mortal body okay that's why everything follows your spiritual identity okay it says so faith without works is dead also okay now i'm not talking about faith uh, the works part where you're working something to get right with god this is not talking about that it says abraham believed god and it was accounted to him for righteousness right and when he believed that he was a he was righteous then his works followed but so so the, uh, everything that i'm talking about today has got nothing to do with doing the the doing part of you to get right with god but i'm we're going to look in the word and we're going to see how when god speaks there was always something that man had to do as well and it's almost like when the the word came forth and they stepped out on that word together then it brought about a deliverance or brought about a testimony okay and so a lot of times i i see people or who write to me and they're in the promise and they're holding on to the word but they're not really stepping out and doing and maybe something that the holy spirit might be uh uh giving them a desire or stepping out on that word to do something and when two go together that's when you see the testimony okay and so today i've titled the message as salvation belongs to the lord okay uh now what does this mean <clears throat> okay so open the notes with me it's on the oneness group if you're uh if you're logging in okay i'm just gonna <clears throat> start reading it okay i've taken the first verse uh, i might read some scriptures together and then bring it all together revelation 7 after these things i looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all the nations tribes people and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying salvation salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped god saying amen blessing and glory and wisdom thanksgiving and honor and power and might thanksgiving and honor power and might be to our god forever and ever amen then one of the elders answered saying to him who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from the white robes talk about our righteousness okay completely forgiven you're a son by blood so he said to me these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white imagine made them white in the blood of the lamb you think like you did something it's red in the blood of the lamb you're white absolutely white okay in the blood of the lamb therefore they are before the throne of god and serve him day and night in his temple and he who sits on the throne will dwell among them today the father has made his home in us okay he is dwelling in us and see this they shall <clears throat> they shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more that means i will never have a longing and a desire i i we'll talk about why people have the longing and the desire and they feel like everything is dry and we'll go and we are going to look into the scripture and you're not going to be there anymore okay they shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more the sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will be shepherd that means he is my father and every time i go to him he will quench me if i'm going to someone else i may not get it i could have sat with my mom for those two days and i had something that i needed clarity on and she could have done nothing but i fasted and i i just waited on him and when i went to him he, you know i i got a revelation that i saw everything so clearly 
it was almost like it was like i had this 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 and the minute i fasted and i just waited for two days suddenly i was given a revelation that it wasn't one by one by one i just saw and that is something that comes when your dependency is on him and so this world had held true to me okay which said that i will hunger and thirst no more and what does it say the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd me okay and lead me to living what living fountains of water god will wipe away every tear from their eyes when he is your shepherd okay no one else will be is because he knows exactly how you are he knows how the son is he knows how my daughter is he knows what to speak he knows how even to address a certain thing and it's when my reliance is on him he knows how to work it it's in hindi we say na light baj gayi ya ghanti baj gayi it's like that okay and he was the one who got me true rest where i was able to jump and like wow i've got and that's why the word says that the holy spirit guides us into all truth and then the truth sets us free okay now look at this look at psalm 39 it says salvation belongs to the lord belongs to yahweh salvation belongs to yahweh okay jonah was in the belly of the whale okay and from there he's saying but i will sacrifice to you and with the voice of thanksgiving i will pay what i have vowed salvation is of the lord so the lord spoke to the fish spoke to the fish and it vomited jonah out on dry land okay now what is the meaning of salvation okay so there are two two names for salvation whenever the word salvation or the word deliverance in the bible is used okay it usually means salvation one is yeshua that is the name of jesus okay jesus is my salvation it means deliverance it means health it means getting you out bailing you out of something okay it means prosperity it means victory it means welfare it's it means something that you need to get saved out of it could be health right now it could be finances it could be many things that are in front of you okay but in uh, don't miss the next sermon which because i'm going to talk about rest and you know every time that i i re look at rest okay god shows me new things and i was given new things in in the days that i fasted okay and so i'm going to talk about entering living from the place of his rest and it's but you're going to need today's sermon to for the next sermon to make more sense to you okay um so salvation means yeshua it also means soteria okay and these are the two names two greek and hebrew words that are there throughout the bible okay it means deliverance it also means preservation that means to remain in a state of divine health let's say or to remain in a state of just having prosperity okay and um, it means when god delivers believers out of destruction into their safety that's what salvation means and the word says and now re look re look at this word when the bible says salvation that means your deliverance the bailing out of this whole situation it's not yours it's not yours it belongs that means it is his possession belongs to the lord that that means the delivering and the sozoing part of that it belongs to him okay now look at this let's look at noah okay and i'm just uh, i'll talk about noah but everyone knows noah's story right god told noah to build an ark and he said i'm going to destroy all flesh noah was the only righteous man there were giants that i'm on the face of the earth and god is like i'm going to recreate i'm going to start everything all over again and so noah tells god tells noah god called noah righteous man but his wife his children their their husbands their wives everyone came in the ark with him with him okay and that's like salvation for you and me like my whole household 
is safe because of me. How that happens, I don't know, but it's because of me. Okay. And so Noah gets everyone inside the ark and it says, look at this in Hebrews 11, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving, for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world. That means put a judgment on the world, condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. God spoke to Noah, but the word would have not done anything to Noah had he not gone and acted out on the word. And even as Noah went and acted out on the word, and it may have looked foolish to the whole world, and this guy is preparing his ark, he steps out on the word, and then salvation belongs to the Lord. He brings about the deliverance. Noah couldn't bring the whole flood that God said. God got the waters. God got everything flushed out, and God was true to his word. But it required when the word came out that Noah had to cooperate and co-labor with him, step out on that word, and then came salvation for Noah. So the weight was not on Noah. The weight was still on, on God. Are you seeing it? Okay. Let's go ahead. Let's look at Moses. God picks Moses and he's like, he tells Moses, you know what? I'm going to bring the children of Israel. I've heard their morning. I'm going to bring the children of Israel from the labor of the Egyptians, from the taskmasters, I'm going, to, taskmasters, I'm going to deliver them and I'm going to bring them into the promised land. The word comes to Moses. Moses is not an eloquent speaker. Moses starts complaining. I believe that Moses had said yes. Maybe there would have been something greater that we could have seen out of Moses. But Moses says, no, I need some help. And so God says, okay, fine, get Aaron, your older brother. And then Aaron is like the mouthpiece. Okay. And, uh, and uh, you know, Moses starts speaking to Aaron and then uh, you know, they start doing all of these crazy miracles. And I'm just going to read that in Exodus 7. It says, so the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Okay, so now God tells Moses, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. For, for you to be like God to somebody else, God is going to give you something and you might have to step out and do something. So the word came and then Moses had to step out on that word. And so look at this. Okay, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh and Aaron, your brother, shall be, be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you and Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you so that I, I, I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did so just as the Lord commanded them. Okay. God did all of these amazing miracles. Moses turned the, the water into blood. There were frogs that came out. Moses parted the Red Sea. There were, there were lice that came out and everything Moses had to do on the word of the Lord. That means God spoke and then Moses had to step out. And imagine Moses saying that, no, I'm too scared and I'm not going to step out. Okay. Everything that Moses did, he heard the word, he stepped out and salvation or deliverance still came from the father, still, still came from God. Okay. And every time God might impress on your heart as he gives the word, there is an application part on our behalf. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, there's a co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll talk about practical, experience, uh, practical examples of how you're supposed to do it. But even as you're stepping out on that word, you're hearing this word every day. And now comes the application part. Because word plus action equals to salvation. 
word plus action equals to testimony. That's how you get a testimony. So imagine if Moses had never done any, stepped out on what, the, what God had told him to do. There would have never been all of these testimonies of God showing a clear distinction between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. That means the rest of the world. That these are my people, I will be their God. The parting of the Red Sea. So David and all of the others would have never got to hear these testimonies like, wow, the God of Israel. If one person wouldn't have stepped out. Why does God do that? Why does God speak? God would have just done it apart from Moses, right? Like, I don't need, I don't, I don't need. I'll just do everything by myself. I'll just part the Red Sea supernaturally. I'll just throw stones from, I'll just throw the hills. I'll just make the frogs happen. Miraculously, one day they'll get up and they just see the water has turned into uh, blood. But why did he need man? Why does God choose to do it? Because he wants relationship. He does it all because of relationship. He can do it without us, but he does it and he involves you so that that's why your relationship gets built. And that's where you get testimonies. And that's where you're, it's, it's all about love relationship, where you're looking at him and now you're living off his faithfulness. Are you seeing it? That God is a God of his word. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> let's look at, um, let's go down. Okay. Look at Exodus 14. I'm just going to read that from Exodus 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, okay, now this is the final, when God is like putting them out. What is the final word that comes to the people? Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. That means have no fear. Okay, do not be afraid. Stand still. That means take a position. Stand still doesn't mean not doing anything. Okay, which I will talk about in the next sermon, next week. Stand still, even as I'm reading in Greek and I'm reading in uh, all of these going, it actually means to, to take a definitive position. Okay, it's talking about a, a rest, like a plonking, like decide. Ta stand still. And see the salvation, the deliverance of Yahweh, okay, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians which you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Fear not, station, this is in another verse, it says fear not, I think in Young's literal, it says fear not, station yourselves. That means plonk yourselves, have a position, station yourself and see the salvation of Yehovah which he doeth for you today. For as ye have seen the Egyptians today, ye add no more to see them to the age. That means you're not going to see them anymore. Okay. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Okay. So Moses comes back because the people are complaining. And then he says, tell the children of Israel to go forward. So God is saying, why are you complaining to me? Move, move. I've already spoken and you're just plonking in the word. You know, I've, I've had so many people who just sit in the promises of God. They don't apply the word. And so they, I, I feel they come to a stagnation where nothing is happening. It's because you hear the word and now you're supposed to apply it. Do you know why I stopped the Wednesday Bible studies? I stopped it is because I want you to go and live the word out. Otherwise, you get so used to hearing the word, hearing the word. You're just taking in the word, but there's no application. It could be even opening up the Bible for yourself and now getting into the word. Like I had prom problems, right? And I was just, there was just so much of like things that I needed to see and I wanted clarity. I could have sat, I could have called up somebody also, but nothing gave me the rest the way the father gave it to me when I relied on the Holy Spirit and I just fasted and it just supernaturally came. And that is something, salvation belongs to him. That means that's his part. 
I did like I I did the fast thing. Yeah, I want to do. I'm subduing it, but I'm relying on you to show me, and now I'm just waiting. And even as I'm taking the word, and he's always true. He's always a father, and he will bring it to pass. And then what what a revelation that I got. That's something that now even I can share with you. Okay, salvation belongs to the Lord. That means the end deliverance of that matter that is on Him. The weight is on Him. But in every part, He'll expect you to do something, and you are just co-laboring with Him and doing that part where the, the weight is still on Him. He delivered. So Moses just had to go and lift up his stick, or he just had to go and lift up his hands, put take some ash, throw it to the heavens. That's what he had to do. Something so simple. But even as he stepped out on the word of God, the deliverance. the the promise keeping was his part he did it are you seeing it salvation the deliverance belongs to the lord okay and why is he do it why is he going to tell you something why is he, why is the holy spirit leading you to the doing part of it is to build your relationship with him so that tomorrow you have your testimonies with him to boast and tell others see what god did but today he does it through you and in you he's not independent of us he didn't do anything independent of man Okay, now see this. It says so. It says the Lord said to Moses, and He's saying, "Why are you crying to me? Move forward. That means just go ahead. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel go on dry land through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all of his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the God." when i have gained honor for myself over pharaoh the chariots and the horsemen and the angel of god who went before the camp of israel that's jesus moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them so it came so it came between the camp of the egyptians and the camp of israel thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other all that night Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch. that the lord looked down upon the army of the egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and he troubled the army of the egyptians and he took all their chariot chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty and the egyptians said let us flee from the face of israel for the lord, look at this let us flee from the face of israel for the lord fights for them against the egyptians you know when you step out on what god is telling you to do the whole world will see who is your father and how powerful you are that's how he will even give you honor but the word and then apply the word live out stand on that word but the weight is not on you the weight is still on him it's by foolish things that god did mighty things by foolish things just a rod what is in your hand moses a rod oh take the rod just speak so he won't give you crazy and hard things to do it will be easy things he lead you inside out okay but even as you step on that he will bring out the salvation for you okay now look at this everyone knew that god is fighting for israel then the lord said to moses stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen 
And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained, but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall to them on their right and to their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. I saw my sicknesses fall down. Even as I stepped onto the word of God, when God told me to do what he was telling me to do, I saw my Egyptians fall down. That means I saw that area just under my feet, come under my feet, even as I co-labored with the Holy Spirit of what he was telling me to do. Okay. And so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. What does this do? What did all of this do for Israel? It builds relationship. How will your relationship ever get strong if you don't step out on the word? How will you ever get a testimony? And so you're hearing the word, but there's sometimes there's no application of the word. What do I mean by that? Okay. In health, okay, you co-labor with the Holy Spirit. God might tell you, now this is not, I don't go with what God is telling other people. In the beginning of Corona, I told you, I got a word that, uh, you know, have amla, gooseberry, amla juice. Now, I don't believe that I can fall sick, okay? But I was given a word, so I started having amla. I do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do, and I gave out that word. Then the BMC started making amla compulsory every time. This was last year, okay? The word came, you step out on the word and just co-labor with the Holy Spirit. Amla gives, it's very high in immunity, vitamin C in your body, which is what everyone is saying that, oh, you need vitamin C, okay? It could be in health where God tells somebody, go to the doctor and the Holy Spirit will lead you in a certain thing and he might give you the best doctor for this and you go to the doctor and he gives you what the other doctors couldn't see, but this doctor sees it and diagnoses this in something completely simple. It might be where God leads you to have a medicine and sometimes God might say, you know what, I want you to stop all your medicines because now I'm going to teach you to walk on water and learn to have divine health. But it happens by co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. But if I've never had my own relationship with him, I always went to the pastor or I picked up the phone, I called up and just told somebody, pray for me. I missed, I missed the places where, you know what, the Holy Spirit wanted to get interactive with me, get me involved in certain things. And that's where people become weak. And then sometimes they're hit with something they don't know what to do because they never went to the Holy Spirit. They picked up the phone, they called somebody, asked them, what should I do? Or they picked up the phone and said, you know what, just pray for me. The Holy Spirit is ever present to give you victory. And he gives you victory by guiding you into all truth. Okay? And so even as you co-labor with the Holy Spirit in all things, he will lead you into all truth. And at one point, like David, he took him through the bear, through the lion, and then suddenly one day he knocks off Goliath. Suddenly one day you learn that you're not falling sick because the Holy Spirit now took you from one to second to third. And now, you know what? I'm going to teach you to walk, how you, how you have divine health in your body. Pull it all down. But it happens through personal relationship, through all of your little testimonies. And so there is, I hear the word and there is a doing part of the word. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. It could be somebody in finances, okay, where you have... Uh, you know, I've, I've seen like the, the new generation, I just feel that they're very lazy. They don't do much. They want everything just to come. Like you, you, you know, look up for a job, they look up for a job and they, I looked up, I didn't find it today. Okay. I remember when I came to India, I was looking, I really wanted to get into, I just looked at everything and I was like, you know, where is, uh, where would it be smart money? 
So I was like, okay, if I get into Bollywood and, you know, I can do freelancing and they pay well. And I literally went through wisdom because I didn't want to be locked down because I wanted time always for the word. Okay. And uh, I, I knew I wanted to be a freelancer. And so, and then I, I remember just going online and looked up all the production houses, which are the top ones. And I waited one year and literally those one year one, every day I would get up and I would sit on the internet, ask my mother. And there were a couple of hours I would just sit and I would just be logging in, trying to make connections. I didn't get disheartened. I waited and I did some, uh, you know, freelance bit here and there, uh, you know, in magazines and some um, uh, shoots. But I waited for one year to get into this one production house. Okay. And then finally, when I got in two date, I'm bearing fruit of something that I did 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Okay. What I'm saying is it was the word came and then the Holy Spirit led me to step out on it. If you go for a job, I can give you a reference. But if you don't have the skill set, you won't stay in that job. So sun doesn't mean like, oh, I should just get everything. No, it means a sort of excellence that, you know what, if I'm, if I'm going to be equipped for this, then I'm going to go and get all the skill necessary that I need. So I went, I got trained. I did everything. I can't go to a battle if I don't know how to, how to war. It's as simple as that. No one will put you in a battle. So you, you need training as well. So you apply. You, I hear the word, but I step out on the word and I did it. And you know what? Salvation came and I went for that interview when I finally got into that production house. Do you know that I didn't rely on anything that I had because I'd not even done one Bollywood show. I literally sat in front of her and I just said, I showed her my work. And then I was really relying on God's that God would put grace in her heart that she would give me without even me having done one show. And she gave me the biggest show that time. It was, uh, you know, a Bollywood show that had one of the biggest stars. And I got the show just by grace. But I, it was not that I didn't do anything. I stepped out on it and I was calling and I was calling and I didn't get disheartened when I was getting those re rejections. I just kept doing it. And every day I would go and try and see some way that I would get into and one day, everything worked together. I was at the right place at the right time. There was a show. And then she just gave it to me she, because she just said she, she likes me. Okay, that's what, that was it. I relied on grace. So salvation finally came from the Lord. But it meant by me stepping out on that. Are you getting it? Okay, now let's look at David and I, I'll bring some more things together with it. Okay, let's look at Joshua. Joshua's life. Okay, so Joshua, so Moses dies finally now Joshua is the one that is going to take the children of Israel into the promised land okay and God chooses Joshua and so look at this in Joshua 5 I love the word I'm going to read something before before I get into that okay there are three times when God tells Joshua in the book of Joshua look at this it says um, I will not leave you in chapter 1 verse uh, verse 6 I will not leave you nor forsake you and now see what he tells Joshua he just tells Joshua, but I want you to do one thing. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. He was almost telling people, don't fear. Now I'm going to tell you to do something. Don't back out. Because the weight is not on you. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to deliver you, but I want you to step out. Don't be so scared that you don't step out. And sometimes people are fearful and they just don't step out. Deliverance comes from him. Salvation belongs to the Lord, but he wants you to step out. Okay. So look at this. He says, I just don't be strong and of good courage. Then verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. So Joshua just had to go on that word and step out. Again, it says in verse nine, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be discouraged. That means just be courageous. Just, I've told you something. 
Now don't look to your right or your left, just step out on that word, please. But I will bring the deliverance. The weight is not on you. Look what it says in verse, verse uh, 18. Again, God tells him, only be strong and of good courage. What are the, all the qualities that Moses needed? What was everything that Abraham, he just needed courage and don't fear. Sometimes God has something for you, but fear keeps you from possessing. It's right in front of you. Why? Because you're just so scared to step out. You're just so scared to open your mouth and tell somebody about Jesus. Sometimes you don't have to tell them about Jesus. Just open your mouth and just speak the word. God loves you. You know, there's a father in heaven who really loves you. And then they'll come after it. But you open your mouth. Open your mouth. Okay, so look at this. And um, so it says, uh, now let's look at that. Let's look at Joshua, okay? Three times God tells him, just be strong and courageous. Don't be scared. Don't back out, okay? And then finally, Joshua is pumping up his whole, uh, whole Israel. Like, come on, now we're going to go and take the land. And Joshua 5, verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Who is there for the battle? Who is there for Moses? It says the angel of the Lord went. It was Jesus who went and did everything. The weight is not on you. The devil tries to make you think the weight is on you. It's not. The weight is on him. He is the one that is going to bring for the deliverance. So what was my job? I just had to call. Priya, every day, just pick up the phone, call them. They will say, no, just be diligent. Just pick up the phone and call. Pick up the phone and call. Pick up the phone and call. I must have called like some thousand times that year. And then finally, one day, oh yeah, she's there. Yeah, someone else picked up. I think it was security. And uh, I got the job done through the security. Said, Madam Are, and also I didn't need any of the big guys. I just showed up. And the security guy gave me this. I go and sit and I got, got the biggest show. And two days, I'm benef uh, benefiting from it. But I had, I just couldn't pray, right? Maybe I could have just sat and held on to a promise. But if I didn't apply works with it, that I had to do something with it, so I would have never seen a salvation. Are you understanding? I never got this amazing testimony that I shared today. Okay, so it's always, it's, you get the word, but there's always a doing part that he'll tell you. And sometimes it's very simple. It's not something rocket science, but I've realized that you need faith and courage to do that. Okay, to, to speak those things. Um, <clears throat> see this, and then he says, uh, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off your foot. For the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now see this. God appears. Now God gives Joshua an instruction. Again, I want you to do something. God could have just miraculously just put those walls down of Jericho. Just make an earthquake and happen. Not involve man at all. Not involve you at all. Why does he do it? To build relationship with you. That's what he does. Is That's what his purpose is. About being a father to you. So that you can boast about what a good father he is. That's all it is about. And so that will only happen when you step out and you co-labor with your father into what he wants to do for you. He will do it. But you co-labor with him. Now it becomes such an enjoyable journey. Okay? If everyone, uh, you know, I always tell, you know, problems don't just stack up. Problems stack up is because with the first problem, you never went to him. So now they're just problem after problem after problem. And where I see people who are dependent on him and they never have a file of problems. They just don't. I also don't. I don't have, I don't see it is because we never let the first one go unattended by my father. 
I went to him. He told me what to do. I did that. I stepped on it. Gone. Second problem comes. Okay. Went to him. Told me what to do. Did it. Gone. It's always like that. So your life is a life of rest. It's because we don't go to him. You go to people. You make the uh, the the pastor a guru. You want him. And so now he is not going to see things the way the father sees things in your life. That's when all things go haywire. I'm always dependent on the word. That's why I say, hear the word. The word will set you free. It's not me. It's the word that will bring about. Even as God led me when I came into the kingdom through, you know, Joseph Prince played a very big role in my life. There was Michael that's played a big role in my life. The, uh, the foundation of righteousness and rest was laid by Joseph Prince. Michael came in and showed sonship that if I died, it's all Christ in me. But I was never yoked on to them. I was yoked on to the word that they were speaking. And it's the word that got me fruit. So it's not like I'm picking up the phone and saying, hey, Joseph Prince, I want to talk to you. No, I'm hearing his word. And then even as I'm hearing the word, the word gets, I applied that word and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Righteousness. And we'll dive more into it in the sermons uh, coming along. Okay. And I'll, I'll show you how as a son, how it is so different for us. Okay. But look at this. Joshua in chapter six. Okay. God gives Joshua an instruction. He tells him, go around the city on the seventh time. I want you to just, uh, you know, uh, blow the trumpet. You will not do anything on the other days just for circling. But on the seventh time, you're going to go seven times, go around, and then you're just going to blow. And then at his word, I love this in, uh, in verse six, it says, and the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. And now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are with it. And all the walls came down. Joshua stepped out on the word that he told him. And what was the word just for circling six times, seven, seven times? How foolish was that word? By the foolishness of man, that means because God wants to show that it's not in the power of the rod. It's in him. It's not in going around seven times. It's in him. But cultivating relationship. Okay. And as Joshua stepped out, didn't fear, but had just like, because it was the same land that they were going in. It was giants, right? But he didn't fear. That means he didn't go by what he was seeing. He was just going by what the father is telling me. My dependency is on you and you are my salvation. You are my victory. You are the one who's giving it to me. The weight is on him. The weight is not on you. He will always, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He tells you to do something, something very simple. But you feel it heavy sometimes is when you have fear in your heart and anxiety. That's what happens sometimes. That's why people are, I have, sometimes I have a lot of people who tell me they're just, they're just scared of doctors. They're just People just fear doctors because they fear the doctor will give them some bad report. So people never go to doctors only. There's a fear. Sometimes God might just lead you to go to one and he, you know what? Your trust should be that if the father's leading me, yeah, he might just give, show me something that the others don't see. Something very simple. And wisdom might come. So your faith is not in the doctor. Your deliverance is coming from him. Salvation belongs to him. Are you seeing it? Just walk, just move forward. Don't stay where you are. That's what he was saying. Why are you crying to me? Just move. I'm with you. I will divide the sea, but just move. Imagine had they not moved. They would have never seen the Red Sea part. Fear keeps us. That means it's fear is what? It's just anxiety, a lot of worry with a lot of emotion attached to it. Just lies. That's it. And that's why you keep moving forward is because now the God of Israel is not outside. He's in you. And you died. That means every problem, it's only Christ addressing it. And we'll talk about how it flows in part two of this in the next sermon. Look at Joshua 21. I love this. The promise fulfilled. Verse 43. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sown 
sworn to give to their fathers and they took possession of it and dwelt in it the lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers that means god promised it god fulfilled it okay and not a man of all their enemies stood against them the lord delivered all their enemies into their hand the lord delivered all my enemies into my hand even as i collaborated with him so when i went i was so scared to go for that interview because i had not done one show but even as i took courage and going that you know what it's not my my academics that's going to get it to me although i have them all in place i did my part like because i'm a son i will give excellence i can't just give rubbish i will be there and i will be the best stylist that i can be but my dependency was the father giving me salvation in this giving me the victory the weight is on him and yeah it was based on just complete grace okay now look at this and it says not a man of all their enemies stood against them and the lord delivered all their enemies into their hand i love verse 45 not a word failed of any good thing which the lord had spoken to the house of israel all came to pass all came to pass that means about your life and my life it is written it is written it says every time when jesus went it said not the scripture had to be fulfilled the scripture cannot be broken that means everything had to be fulfilled because it is written but do you know how everything was fulfilled even in how god could fulfill it it happened by he speaking and someone moving and even as they both co-labor it it was fulfilled all came to pass are you understanding faith without works is dead it's not about works trying to get right with god there's usually whenever god gives a word he'll expect you to step out on it or do something sometimes the doing part could be not doing for someone who's constantly doing something the word can be i want you to stop all your doing and just rest and even as they start to rest suddenly they'll see god's life there in that place and for somebody else god might say you know what you've never stepped out out of fear i want you to step out and even as they step out there is a there is a reward in that okay now look at this i love david i love david's life okay now david now think about it. now david comes from a point i want you to see no one there is no there is no written word where it says god spoke to david to go and take down goliath it's not there like you know how everywhere it is there that god told joshua go and take this land god told moses go and do this with david god didn't tell david to go and take down goliath you know why god david went on his own without even asking because he knew his nature you come to the place where certain times you don't have to i don't ask i just know god's nature i know in this area in this way he is i know what his nature is i even know what he will say about it and so i just go and do things because it comes out of a relationship that i built david is the one guy who had relationship and so even through his relationship he can see the ways of god and so every time you're going to the father do you know what is happening at every testimony every victory that you go to him first you build relationship and after some time people will come to you and they just see that this person is built on relationship you're not even asking you're doing more is because you just know him you know what he'll say about this matter also so i don't even like do it because i know what his what his view and judgment is on this are you following that and so look at this david in 1 samuel 17 verse 20 so david rose early in the morning left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as jesse had commanded him and he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle because this goliath had come there okay for israel and the philistine had drawn up in battle array army against army and david left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers 
Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, imagine the men of Israel, all people were afraid of him except David. Why was David not the same? Imagine it's the same Goliath, right? It's the same Corona. It's with everybody, but it will not affect somebody who has relationship with God, who's got many victories, they can go out. Because they went to God first. You will always be a secure son if you go to him first. I, I told you this, the father always tells me, don't take away my privilege of being father in your life. So come to me first. If you want everything to, you know, if, if, if you want a great testimony, then you need to come to me first. If you don't, if you want to get confused, yeah, go to 100 people. They'll confuse you because everyone hears God, everyone gives their own and people just get confused. And so much scripture, 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 and they can't see. Imagine so much scripture and you can't see. It's like the Pharisees, right? So much scripture, but they couldn't match scripture and Jesus. That is the same scripture that the word is right in front of me. Dependency is on him first. Holy Spirit will lead you through simple things. I, I shared a testament of a lady who had so many lumps in her breast. Okay. And uh, she went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know what? It all looks cancerous. Seven lumps in the breast. And during that time, she, she told me, Priya, I was so tempted because she came to Beloved to give the testimony. I think it was on our uh, anniversary, our second anniversary. And um, she came to give a testimony. And she said, at that point, when the doctor told me that I have seven lumps, she said, my, my temptation was to pick up the phone and call, right? But she said, I just went, I sat with the word. And then do you know what the simplicity of the word that gave her the victory? God told her, I am the God of Jesus and I'm also your God, same God. And even as she took the simplicity of that word, it's not even by his stripes, your heels. It's not even like this, the regular word that people use, right? It's just like, I'm the same God. And she said she knew that, okay, if it's the same God of Jesus as he is, so I'm like, yeah, I can't have anything. She went for the test again with seven lumps. Imagine one lump, praying for seven lumps, okay? But she went and all of them were benign. And God said, there's nothing here. Now, how did that victory happen? It was not like something big. It was even as in that moment, she went to the father and sitting with the father and through the word, it's the truth that sets you free. He will give you a word. Even how did I get? I had problems. All the warfare is here in our head, in our minds. Okay, all the chaos. It will be through the word. He gave me something. He showed me truth. He just said salvation belongs to the Lord. That means you are not the deliverer. You are not the savior. I am the savior. So why are you taking the weight? That's what he told me. Salvation belongs to the father. Belongs to God. Because he wants to boast and say that I am the God who did this for you. I am your father. That your joy may be full. But that happens when you go to him. How did this nine, all those seven lumps, or how many ever lumps were there? They all turned benign. And she came to give the testimony. Look what my father has done for me. It's simple things. Simple things. I've known a, a girl who had a lump here and uh, it was a tumor and it distorted her whole face. And, uh, you know, she's in Bollywood and things. And she said that at that point, the Lord led her to a certain doctor and she went to some doctors and they told her to cut and there'll be a scar and all. And she didn't have peace. And then this one doctor, she said, I was, I had something that I'm supposed to go with him. You know, to, even I didn't know until she shared the testimony. She, the, this entire, the surgery was done. She didn't lose any, she didn't go paralyzed anything. Everything came out and there's not even a scar. Now she could have been like, no, you know what? I just want this to disappear and I'm not going to, but she was true to where her relationship is. 
And even as she co-labored with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit led her to go to the doctor and she got victory. People do silly things. They want to walk on water when they've not taken out the small, the lions and the bears. Don't be so hard on yourself. Even God is not that hard on yourself. I told you with my mom, when her polyp came out, it came out through communion, right? She was, she called me up and there was a polyp. She didn't want to do surgery. I said, see what Jesus is saying. Do what the father tells you. I didn't sit and pray for her. I mean, I can, but my rest is Psalm 91. Nothing will touch my love. Okay. But um, with my mom, she went and, um, uh, you know, the polyp came out through communion. God told her to have some communion and it just came out instantly. But at the time of when her uterus, she had to do some surgery and I knew she was struggling there and she was like, no, God's going to do it. I said, mom, he might just lead you to a good doctor to get the surgery done. Relax. That's still the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, because she just had a fear not to go to the doctor. And so I had to address that fear. What is it about a doctor that you're so scared of? You know, relax. This doctor, you're not even going to feel the pain. And literally she did the surgery within two days she was out and everything was fine. So I'm just saying we rely on the Holy Spirit. God it doesn't always look like just walk on water and you can't fall sick. No, he might just lead you through wisdom. So rely on the Holy Spirit. Okay, he's gentle. Now see this. And so I love this David. Okay, it says that he heard all of these things. And it says in verse uh, 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come, come, come up Surely he has come up to defy Israel and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give him his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. You know what David is listening to? David is not looking at how big Goliath is. He is more interested in what is the reward. Tell me what the reward is. Look at this because he knows who is fighting. It's not him. So he is more interested. Oh, I'm going to get rich riches. I'm going to marry the daughter of like you know this the the whoever's daughter whatever this amazing position that i'm going to get then david spoke to the men who stood by him saying what shall be done for the man who kills the philistine and takes away the reproach from israel for who is this uncircumcised philistine that he should defy the armies of the living god now david is talking because he's heard what god did in egypt defy the armies of the living god it says because the fear of the god of israel came on all the land he, that is personal relationship. Why does God do these things for relationship? So that you can boast about it, okay? It says in verse 27, and the people answered him in the manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, Eliab, his brother, and they begin to scold him and say, you know, we know how you are. You've come here with a lot of pride. And verse uh, 29, okay? Uh, what have I done now? And so there's a bickering going on between, uh, between the brothers. Verse 31, now when the words which David were heard, they reported to Saul, okay? And then Saul comes and, uh, sorry. Okay, Saul comes and, uh, you know, Saul puts, basically David says that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go and fight this Philistine. Saul, Saul tries to put his armor on him. And David says, you know what, I can't take this armor because it's not tested. I don't want to walk in, I, I, I like this. But, you know, like I told you when I was sick, the whole world gave me the revelation when my hair was falling and everything. And oh, Mike's book use authority, you already have it, use authority. But it was not tested. It was not something that it was mine. And what is the revelation that God gave me? Relax, Priya, go get a job. It's not in your nature to fall sick. Even as you let go of that problem, stop running after your hair, stop running after the, those symptoms, stop looking at it. Just go on with your job. I want you to forget. 
my resurrection life in you, I will do, salvation belongs to me. I will do what I'm supposed to do, even as you stop running after the problem. That's what he told me. So I couldn't wear someone else's armor because it wasn't mine. He spoke to me, even as I co-labored with him and waited on him, the Holy Spirit showed me, guided me into truth. And then I got victory. Are you understanding it? Okay. Um, look at this, okay. Now I love what David says, okay. And I'm going to apply David in your personal lives also. Um, <clears throat> your servant, in verse 34, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David just knew that anyone who comes against the God of Israel is enemy. So you don't even see him consulting God and saying, should I go against Goliath? He just knew his ways. So if you're coming against Israel, if you're coming against me, you are my father's enemies. You are God's enemies. God is going to give you this victory. That's what I mean. Okay. And so, uh, and he says, for David said in verse 37, and the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from this hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And so now David goes in his armor. And what is his armor? His victories. You know, when I have a problem, one of the, the best things that you should do, if you're ever down with anything, always go back to God's faithfulness and the victories that he's given you. And how will you even reminisce over the victories if you didn't go to him first? There's always a salvation is today. If you've never had it, if you've always gone to people, now, today is the day of salvation, start going to him first. And then he'll start giving you your little pebbles, your little victories. And so through those victories, you look past and you see his faithfulness, you can take down anything because it makes you stronger. It builds a relationship. Okay. And so look at this. And so I love what it says. Uh, you know, when he went, David went against the Philistine and verse 45, then David spoke to the Philistine and said, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I, but you come in the name of the Lord. Whenever you are going for, if you're going for an interview, it's Christ going for the interview. You come in the name of the Lord. That's what he was boasting. I come in the name of the Lord. Okay. The Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have come against. That means you are coming against my father. That's what he's saying. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Okay. In verse 47, thus all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. That means it's not by might nor by power, but it's the battle, the warfare. Salvation belongs to the Lord. That means my deliverance at the end of this, it is going to be him that is going to do this for me. The deliverance comes. So my mom went for the surgery, but where did the deliverance come from? My father. So it took God telling her something. She stepped out on it and did that problem go away? Yes, it went away. Now we don't have to deal with it. We're not sitting and praying about it also. Had we not gone to the doctor, maybe we would have still been praying for it, looking for a miracle. That's what I mean. God is more, more simpler and I think we make him more complicated. Do you know what I mean? And God is more interested that, you know, if I spoke the word, did you do the word that I told you to do or do you want it to do what you wanted to do? That's what I mean. Like Moses could have taken the rod. Maybe he would have not taken the wooden rod. You know what? I want to take a nice golden rod, shiny rod, maybe show it off a bit. So it's not about, it's about listening 
to what he is telling you to do and stepping out on it. That's what he's more interested in. Are you understanding? Okay. Now look ahead. Okay. And finally, and verse 48, so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near, okay, that David took his, he, he slung it, struck the Philistine in his forehead. So the, the, the stone sank in his, sank into his forehead and he fell to the face. And then David, it says he took his own, it, he took Goliath's sword. And later on, you know, even in the battle, whenever it was going, he was taking Goliath's sword and conquering all the armies. Later on, it says, because he didn't have a sword of his own. David threw that sword, struck his own Goliath's head. Okay. What am I trying to say? How did David go? David didn't even consult God before going and attacking Goliath is because it came out of relationship. What happens to you when you go to him? You build relationship, you become stronger. What did David, now David said that the battle belongs to the Lord. That means the salvation of this whole thing, the weight is not on me. That's why I don't even need Saul's armor because I'm not looking at myself anyways because he will give me the victory. So my, my rest is that, you know, I, he just wants me to go forward. Had David never gone forward, there would have never been a testimony about it and we wouldn't have been able to hear it today. Had Moses not gone forward, had the children of Israel not gone forward, the Red Sea would have never parted. And so all that God requires of you and me is just to step out, just to have courage. So don't back off, go forward, move ahead, step out on it. And even as you step out, the deliverance part of it, the salvation, that is my portion, that's not yours, that belongs to me, that means it's mine. So the devil tries to put it on you and say, no, it's your part, like authority. Now, come on, stand on authority and start speaking and doing it. I just feel like it's a weight, like, excuse me, I'm not doing anything. He's the one who's doing everything in me and through me. And I will simply do what he tells me to do. He's always, his burden is easy. His yoke is light. It's never hard pressed. Okay. Whenever it's hard pressed, I believe people just um, are not reading it right or not hearing or they've got like, they've missed something. It's not seeing him in the way that they're supposed to see him, okay? And that time I encourage people, just fast for a few days, just wait. But he will guide you through truth. Truth, truth. The truth sets you free, always, okay? In my own personal life, all my victories have been through a word. And then he gave me the word, stepped out on the word, and then I did it. Even with my mom's cancer, he told me, stop praying. Stop send prayer requests. There's nothing to fight, there's nothing. Just do another test. Now he told me to do that, and so I did that. Maybe for somebody else, he'll say, just go to the doctor, do it. Chemo didn't work for 100 other people, but it'll work for you. So co-labor with the Holy Spirit. So I'm doing what he was telling me to do. And I'm only sharing, what is my ministry? It's just my personal relationship with him over the years. But I always went to him. And so I have nuggets to share. And that's what you're called to do. Co-labor with the Holy Spirit. And even as you co-labor with the Holy Spirit, I promise you, the Holy Spirit always leads you to victory. Always leads you to victory in all things. But wait on him. Do what he's telling you to do. Okay? Look at Jeho Jehoshaphat. God now has brought them into this land of this amazing, uh, you know, they, they're into the promised land. Someone comes telling them, getting, getting them out of the promised land. The very armies that they were not supposed to attack, they'd let them go. Now they're coming and attacking. And then what did Jehoshaphat do? He says, he goes to God and says, you know what? I don't know what to do in this, in this situation, but I come to you. And then God says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Again, he says, stand still. That means, stand still means not do anything. It says, take a station, take a position. And we'll talk about it in the next sermon, okay? Stand still, position yourself, and now see the deliverance, salvation that I am going to bring for you. 
And then what did God tell? Again, God gave them an instruction. I want you to go to so-and-so. I want you to go this, to this mountain. Now, they could have just waited and not done anything. And, you know, had they not done anything, they would have missed out on becoming rich. And so even as they stepped out on the word and they have all these priests going and saying, praise be to God, you know, your mercy endures forever. They're just worshiping. Even as they start worshiping, the, the enemies that were coming against it, what happens? God says that he created confusion in the camp and they killed each other. And so when God's people went there, they just had the spoil to take and they became rich and it was called the Valley of the Blessing. And then God comes back and guess what now it says? Look at, look at the last verse of that. Okay, I've highlighted that. It says, it says that, uh, <clears throat> it says the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest all around. And in verse 29, it says, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. The deliverance still came from him because only God could have caused confusion. But they had to step out on the word. Even Esther, when she went, you know, Esther, the Holy Spirit, it says that had I told her what to wear, what not to, she was just co-laboring with him, like the Holy Spirit, co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. But she had to go in front of the king. And do you know that the word says that God gave her favor with everyone who saw her? Now, that is something only the father can do, can, that can give you favor, even as you go into a company, that everyone loves you. That is something only, but... Esther had to step out. And when time came, she had to open her mouth and speak and go in front of the king and not fear. And she landed up saving the whole Jews. Okay. So what is it she had to do? She had to just be courageous and not just sit with a promise. When the time came, she had to go. And what was her job? Just open the mouth and call him for a feast. And then just tell him who you are, where you come from and tell him not to kill the Jews. That's it. Something so simple. But where was all the fear? She told all of, come on, fast and pray because she had fears. Because she was scared. Because she thought like, my God, if she kills the, 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 the king, if she's going to go unannounced, the king is going to behead her. And in that part, even as she stepped out on the word, who gave grace in the heart of the king to put out the scepter and let her go and speak up what you want? It was God who brought the deliverance. That's my point. God always, and now we get to hear about Esther's testimony. Esther gets to share about testimony of what God did for her. And now Esther gets to boast about how much the king loves her. He may have not done for any of the queens, but he did it for her. Are you understanding? The father gets the glory. There's always the word. You hear the word and there's a doing part of the word. The doing part is not to get right. It's for relationship. And even as you co-labor and step out on the doing part, you will see his salvation. Salvation, deliverance belongs to the Lord. Look at this in the new covenant, okay? 1 Corinthians 3, 5, where Paul says, you know, who then I, Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through, through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one, I planted. That means Paul put the seed in. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Who gave the increase? God gave the increase. But could God give the increase if no one had planted and no one would have watered? No. So you speak the word. You know, in salvations in the house, okay, let's talk about relationship. You want someone to get saved. You would be really praying every day, let them get saved, let them get saved. And God would be like, okay, when are you going to open your mouth and speak? And you're so scared because they don't want, they don't want, you know, I have somebody in Beloved and there's so many people. And I told this person, I said, You've never spoken to your husband, open your mouth. No, no, no. I said, forget the previous experiences. 
Now you're a son and God will honor because it's the son speaking. My sheep hear my voice. That means my words are spread in their life. The words of the son. I said, you speak and now your husband will respond. That husband used to never go to any parties, nothing, nothing. This husband even had a Christmas party now. But even as the wife opened and was not scared, she stepped out on the word, God, salvation belongs to the Lord. He brings about deliverance. So what was the difference? She just had to open her mouth and speak. Sometimes it's just like, God still loves you. The father still loves you. And you, you're, you know, whatever you touch, God will bless it. And then start speaking, start engaging the father. So then when it happens, they see that, oh, God is real. Her God is real. Her God is real. And then suddenly you'll see a relationship getting cultivated. But if you never open your mouth, how are they going to get saved? My mother and I, you know, I'm in the same house. And today, like I've come to my mom's house to stay for this little lockdown period. But I'm staying in my cousin's house, op opposite my mom's house. But, um, you know, I remember the time when we used to fight in the house. And so in the morning, it would be my praise and worship song. Then after nine o'clock, uh, my brother would get up. And so it would be his Linkin Park music in the house and just go on crazy, crazy. And then my mom would be doing our aarti and like the puja and all. And I would blast some messages and play it in the house. And it was like this. And I just knew that time that the word means my God just didn't keep me to shut up. There were fights that were crazy. When you speak the word, there's going to be ruffling. Get prepared for it. Because you're not talking to flesh and blood. You're talking to spiritual things sometimes. It's a religious spirit. So there might be ruffling, but I knew that that word will go in her and it will do what it's supposed to do. So I would purposely blast the word. If I was hearing Josephine's, I would blast it so that even though my door is closed, they can hear it outside, you know, and I would do things like that. And there were fights, but today all are saved. Now, had I just shut up and just held on to a promise that me and my household will be saved, me and my household will be saved, but never co-labored with the Holy Spirit to open my mouth when the time was right, when I had to speak. It was not like every day, but I, you know, just hearing that this father who loves you, mom, God doesn't reside in idols. He loves you. He's living. And so what happened one day? The truth was so much that the lie couldn't hold. And then she went and said, okay, if you're real, show me the truth. Her idol came in a dream, started jumping and saying, it is Jesus. It was the end of that. That was the end of it. Now, who brought about the deliverance? Salvation belongs to the Lord. I couldn't save her. Only my father could. But I co-labored with him. And why did he do that? Why does he need prayer? because he wants to build relationship with her. And so in that, I get to boast that my father is so good. I couldn't give her a dream. He gave her a dream, but he needed the word. So I sowed the seed. Someone watered. I watered it. God gave the increase. The dependency is on him, but he will work through you and in you. And he does that because he loves you and he wants to build a relationship with you. Okay. Look at this. Look at Deuteronomy. I'm just going to read some verses there. I put down. Okay. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your armies to give you victory. Romans 8.37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That means I am more than conqueror. You are more than conqueror. What does it mean? A conqueror is someone who conquers. But more than a conqueror. Through Jesus who loved us. Through Christ. Okay. Proverbs 21.31. The horse is made ready for the day of the battle. Okay, I'm getting everything equipped, but the victory belongs to the Lord. That means salvation comes from him. Okay, Zechariah 4, 6. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. That means it's me ultimately who's going to do it all. But I involve you because I love you because I love relationship. That's what it is. Okay, and he just loves being father. I told you, he gave me my dreams once and says, my greatest pride is that I get to be your father. 
and don't take it away from me. He gets to do things through you and in you that he can't do with the person sitting next to you. So involve him in all things, okay? Look at uh, Ephesians 2.8. For by grace, that means Jesus, you have been saved through faith. That means Jesus has saved you and it is not your own doing. That means the weight is not on you. It is a gift of God. It is a gift. The works part that I'm telling you to do is not to get right. It's not about your salvation. I'm not talking about your sonship here. I'm talking about he wants to co-labor with you in the doing so that, he, so that you have a testimony to boast about how good he is to you. And how can you boast if you never did only what he told you to do? Okay. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That means every time I'm going, it's not on me. The weight is not on me. Every time he tells you to do something, I just show up. Because I know that he will do his part. That's the victory. I, I told you I've been to the prime minister's house in UK. But had I never gone and emailed her when he told me email and I was so scared. No, I can't. How can I go and ask? It looks so stupid. How can I go and tell that, you know, take my scarf and wear it? She may not like it. And I had to go and tell that secretary, you know, can I email her? And so I still did. I, I said email. And then I emailed, but actually God had told me, go and ask her. But I didn't. Okay. Because I thought like, how can she? And I was so scared. I gave her my email. I emailed, you know, can I email, uh, send a scarf? And then when I did that, I get a reply back saying she wants you to come down to 10 Downing Street. But, and you know, I went there and, you know, I, I told her about, I gave her a scripture verse and something that God had put on my heart. But, you know, God opened that door to show me how big he is. And even as you stepped out and didn't get scared, look how much I opened up for you. He wants you to step out so that he can be glorified and today have a testimony to share about how good he is and how big he is. Okay. Look at John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace and in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. Now he says, I have overcome the world. In 1 John 5, 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. You have been born of God today. Our inheritance is no more outside. He's dwelling in me. I have overcome. Whoever has been born of God overcomes the world. That means whatever problem is there, Christ in you is there to overcome everything, even as you co-labor with him, okay? And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. That means step out on what he's telling you to do, okay? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things, look, through him who strengthens me, through Christ. The weight is not on you, the weight is on him, okay? Romans 8.31, what then shall we say to these things? If my father is for me, who can be against me? If your father is for you, who can be against you? Open your mouth. Really. Start being bold. It says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You're not timid. Timidity comes from the world, from the devil. Righteous meekness is different. But righteous sons, open your mouth. Don't be scared. He will get the salvation. Even as you open your mouth. Even as you go forward, God delivered Goliath into David's hand. Okay? Look at this, Romans 12, 13. Beloved, never avenge yourself. That means don't go to take revenge, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That means in this area, I know I've been wronged everything. I'm not going to try and go forth and be my own savior. No, no, no. Salvation is of the Lord. He is my deliverance. He will do it. Every time I've listened to the Holy Spirit, and you know, I have like, I can bitch about somebody and say something bad because you don't need something nasty to me. And every time the Holy Spirit said, it's not in your nature, you will not do it. And I've zipped my mouth. Trust me, the Bible says, no, you know, I seek the order of the father. 
when the father honors you, not only that person, the whole world will see it. And I've, I've had that happen to me. When God honored me, not, not only that person who did something wrong to me, but the whole world saw it. And the whole world could see that there is a God with her, that they get scared. That's what it means to be a son. The father is with you, okay? And he loves to boast about you. Look at 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. He will do it. Proverbs 16. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Okay? God will do it. You can do, prepare everything, but everything will come from him. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. John 15. I am the wine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. For without me, you can do nothing. It's all him doing it. Okay? If you abide in me, and now look what it says. My words. Today, we are taking his words, which are talking part two. My words abide in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. Okay? His words abiding in me. John 12, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but my father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that this command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, now look at this. Just as the father has told me, so I speak. Even Jesus doesn't take the weight on him. He says, it's not me, it's my father who's doing everything. Okay, look at this. Look at John 14. Jesus said to him, this is Philip asking, you know, show us the father. Have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how do you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father in me? Same thing about you. Do you not believe that the father is in you and you are in the father? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the father who dwells in me does the works. The father in me, his spirit is going to heal all of these lying symptoms and kick them out. Even as I rest, it is his job. Salvation belongs to him. Okay. He's the one who's going to do it. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is, is in me or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. John 5, 17. But Jesus answered them, My Father has been working until now and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his Father making himself equal with God. That's what you are. Then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. You're a son. You can do nothing of yourself, but what you see the father do. For whatever the son does, whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. That all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. I'm going to speak about this in the next sermon. The son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. Philippians 2. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Okay. What am I saying today? What is my, the, the crux of the message that I, I got today to you? Okay. Every time you see in the old covenant also in the old testament, whenever God spoke, there was always something that he told his children to do. So the word came forth and then they had to step out on the word and through the word and action came about salvation or deliverance or testimony. Every time even God spoke to me, how do I have the testimonies that I do is because I heard, I stepped out on it. 
Had I not stepped out on it, maybe today I would have still just been in promise and in word, in word, in word, in word. With scripture, scripture, but no testimony and no deliverance. It's because it's word plus action that leads to testimony and deliverance. And that part, he will never give you a yoke that is heavy. He's telling you, maybe it's stepping out. I told you, co-labor with him. Someone wants to lose weight, join a gym. Maybe he might tell you, go see a nutritionist. And maybe after some time, he'll say, he'll give you the wisdom that, yeah, it's, you're not a slave, you're not a glutton, you don't eat everything. Now I'm teaching you self-control. You co-labor with the Holy Spirit. You know, oh, I can't do it on my own. Get a trainer. But co-labor with the Holy Spirit and then you'll see the deliverance because ultimately it will, God will give you that deliverance. He'll get your body into shape. I'm just giving you examples of how you put together, you know, even in ministry, everything you're called unto, unto the Lord. There can be a calling, you're all a son, but step out because our identity is we are life-giving spirits. So in everything, just don't be that you're constantly going to Bible study, to Bible study, to Bible study, just hearing the word because you'll, it won't do anything. Even as you take on your identity of being a life-giving spirit, you hear the word. Now go maybe share the word. Maybe just some, cook some food. Maybe in the church, you know, you, you can head through admin. You can head through music. You can head through, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to collect, uh, distribute communion or I'm going to collect the offering. Just be of use because now you're being a life-giving spirit. And even as you do that with your whole heart, you're hearing the word and now you're being a life-giving spirit. Trust me, you will see something Something that he has for you because he's a father and he just rewards his children. He just loves giving gifts like a Santa Claus on everything that you do. You're not sitting idle. And I feel sometimes people are just stuck in scripture and they're not applying the word. And that's why you don't see testimony. And to apply the word, you have to have courage. And that's what we saw through all the stories. There was just one quality needed that they had to be courageous. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. Just step out, will you? And even as you step out, and why were the Israelites and all of the people looking at Goliath? Because you know what? They had no personal relationship. Thousands, thousands of men against one Goliath and no one could stand up like David could is because simply David had personal relationship. And how did he have personal relationship? Because when the bear came, he went after the bear. When the lion came, he went after the lion. And as he stepped out, it was God who gave the lamb out of the lion's mouth. It was God who gave the lamb out of the bear's mouth to him. But he stepped out. So if you want to see great testimonies in life, you need to step out on the word that God is telling you to do. And don't ask me what that word is. Don't make it so complicated. Today, God dwells in you. It says that we have one heart with him when you get born again. He will lead inside out. He leads usually through your desires. You'll know it. If it's not him, trust me, just step out. He'll show you it's not him. Like, you know, Paul just went ministering and wherever there was an open door he just prayed for an open door he would go out and if it was not he was not supposed to go there god intervened the holy spirit intervened and told him don't go here sometimes he just not listen also and still went but god would intervene so just step forward if it's not he'll give you another idea you want a business start it if it doesn't do something else but just move forward and even as you move forward salvation belongs to the lord you're going to see that happen for you okay so today i'm going to close with this and uh, let's pray uh, let's pray. And why is he doing all of these things? For relationship. To build relationship with you because he loves you. Okay. Uh, Father, I just thank you. Let's just give a thanks offering for all the increase that you receive. Just thank him for everything that you heard. All the word that you heard. Father, I just thank you for Jesus. Jesus, you're my high priest. And right now I give you, I give you a thanksgiving of all the increase that you even got to me with this word of salvation belongs to you. That the weight is on you that I died, it's all you in me. It's you doing everything. 
you have given me that victory you are giving the health the healing the prosperity the the relationships the love the the rest it's you father who's doing it all and even as i just co labor with you and i step out in what you are telling me to do and i just thank you for this word and that you would multiply it in everyone's life who's listening to it and just worship him with it just pray in tongues with him for a few minutes Holy Spirit, I just pray that today you would reveal in any area that's like a Goliath or this like a problem staring at them that you would give them wisdom, what you want them to do in that situation, Holy Spirit, and that they would co-labor, that they would see it clearly, and even as they step out in faith on your word, Father, that you are bringing that deliverance because salvation belongs to you, Father. So that our joy may be full. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, everyone. Um